Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. <laughs> My partner. And DIY Money. You know why I did that? Because we're slicing in these DIY monies onto our tape talk and no one has had the luxury of listening to my operetta in DIY money on the tape talk radio. And I know people are listening to podcasts right now go, what are you talking about? But the reality is we've been putting these podcasts into our weekly radio show so that other folks can hear the goodness as well. So there you go. That's why I did that. What's shaking, Daniel? How you doing? Some of our radio listeners are feeling fortunate that if it's taken a year to hear that, I think. Yeah. Long time. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome back to the show. We, I, you know, I am loving, loving the questions, the interaction. Uh, if we don't respond to you immediately, you know, stay tuned. I mean, we'll we'll get back to you. We'll we'll try to hit your question in some form or fashion. Uh, Daniel is is you know eluding me. He does not want to do these video. I mean, no, he didn't say that. But we need, we well, we need to do more videos, Daniel. More videos. People, the people want videos. Uh, he's doing some Instagram stuff. Check that out, DIY.money. Um, the tribe has been uh, silent. I have not done much in the tribe. I'm sorry. I need to do better there. Summer lull. The summer lull, yes. But the tribe is on Facebook. Just look for DIY tribe, and we have some some fun stuff coming there. But uh, we've got a great question today, and Amy uh, from Indianapolis sends us a unique question Uh for us specifically, you'll you'll understand why I say that in a second. So without further ado, Amy, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, this is Amy from Indianapolis. I'm a single young professional woman working on saving for retirement and building wealth. Lately, I've received advertisements for female-specific investment strategies and programs. Is there any merit to these claims? Does being a woman change how I should evaluate my financial strategy in the short or long term? Okay, Daniel, what do you got for Amy here? Yeah, I actually like this question because uh, niche sort of investment advisory services and financial planning services uh, have really become a thing because uh, in the sort of era of the internet and social media and online marketing and so forth, we all have to distinguish ourselves somehow. What's our sort of, what's our target clientele? Who are we really uh, best suited to work with and so forth? And I'm saying we, because, you know, that includes us uh, as financial planners and investment advisors. So everybody kind of has sort of, you know, what's the audience that works well together. But uh, Amy, I'm going to answer your question on two fronts, because I think there's two areas um, that you have to look at this from, or two perspectives that you have to look at this from. And, and I'm going to go at it from just kind of my logical standpoint at the risk of, you know, stepping in the minefield that is sort of the gender specific issues and so forth. So, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there and we'll go from there. So, uh, you mentioned specifically female specific investment strategies and programs. So I'm going to start with the investment strategies side of things. And then I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about financial planning and, and how that might differ from just investment strategies. So, uh, Broadly speaking, and to summarize, when it comes to investment strategies, I, 
I am of the opinion that when you put a dollar into the stock market, the bond market, the real estate investment trust market, the gold market, whatever those investments are, those investments don't know uh, whether or not you are male or female. They don't know whether you are 20 years old, 60 years old, et cetera. Your allocation is designed around maybe who you are and your goals in life. And your goals might be influenced uh, by your gender or your time period in life, et cetera. But I don't know that there are any investment strategies that work better <clears throat> for any specific genders. Uh, I'll just put that out there. I think if you go to an investment advisor, the strategy, whether or not that investment advisor is female or male, will look pretty similar. It should be a well-balanced allocation that is suitable for your goals, your time horizon, et cetera. Now, let's think about that from the sort of financial planning angle and sort of a who you want to talk to angle. And when it comes to that angle, there might be some financial planning issues that you prefer to talk about with a person of the same gender as you. It's possible. Uh, there are people who, you know, when they go to a masseuse, like to pick the same gender or different gender or whatever it is, they give you the option when you book an appointment, I guess. I've had maybe three or four massages in my life, but that's always something they ask when you book an appointment. So there may be issues that, you know, as a single professional woman uh, that you particularly face in the financial planning realm, that you want the perspective of a uh, professional woman to, to speak into and so forth. And there might be people uh, who are doctors in the medical field, and they you know, might prefer to work with a financial planner who very much specializes with people who uh, specializes in people that work in the medical field, either because they have a history of that or they have a lot of medical professionals in their family. And so they really understand some of the unique issues uh, that face uh, medical people. That's stuff like high uh, student loan balances, potentially. Uh, that's things uh, like malpractice insurance and various things that need to be planned for in a medical practice and so forth. So there are some niches there in the financial planning realm, as well as just simple preferences on who you want to talk to. But I don't think if we're talking about allocating money into investments, I can't find any research or anything that says that uh, a woman's allocation in the investment markets should dynamically differ from uh, a man's allocation in the investment market. And that's to say that I don't think a woman advisor is going to uh, put together a substantially different looking or more advantageous portfolio that's going to, you know, have better returns or less volatility than a, a man might. Uh, now, I'm a man, but I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. That's the perspective that I would give. Well, I thought your breakdown, first of all, on either side was great. Uh, it's tough for me to add anything of value there because I, I think you, from a financial planning standpoint, makes a lot of sense. There, there are. I mean, I envision our firm down the line having you know, female financial advisors so that they could cater towards female financial uh, people looking or females looking for financial guidance. Right. So, so that makes a, makes a great deal of sense. People with niche focus, et cetera. Um, I, the only thing I can add for Amy, and I can only speak to my personal, uh, you know, investment philosophy or strategy over my life is while, you know, geared towards women, I agree with Daniel. I'm not so sure where I find value there. But that being said, I think it's very important for you to understand or sort of create 
maybe a list, and this goes for man, woman, child, of what you're comfortable investing in and what you're not. Now, that being said, understand when you buy stock, unless you're participating in the actual IPO, I mean, like as part of the syndicate, you're an IPO insider, you are not benefiting the company one bit. Now, somebody can argue with me and say, well, you're benefiting by creating demand and maybe rising the share price and therefore employees are, are seeing their value go up, et cetera. No, I mean, yes, they could make that case. But I would argue from an academic standpoint, once those shares are out there, you're not benefiting the company by, by holding those shares, transacting those shares, et cetera. However, that being said, just because you're not benefiting that company may not mean that you want to be affiliated with that company. And I'll be candid with you that there are some groups of companies that I will not invest in. It's very simple. Um, so uh, there are certain biotechs uh, that I, first of all, I steer clear of most biotechs anyways, but there are certain biotechs uh, that I will just simply not invest in because I, and I'm going to leave it right there, but I, I look at what they're, what they're doing, their technology is trying to do. And I say, I, I just don't agree with that. It just doesn't kind of jive with my, uh, you know, moral compass. And again, that's a personal opinion, mine only. In addition, and this is, I know going to sound a little strange. I will not trade publicly traded stocks of strip clubs. All right. And there's a couple out there. And, and the reason I even know of them is fundamentally from a financial standpoint, some of these are very attractive as far as, you know, their valuation, et cetera. And in the past, I, I've, I remember one specifically, and I glanced at numbers. I didn't know what, I didn't even know what they did. Glanced at numbers. And I said, wow, this company makes a lot of money. Their margins are unbelievable. And I realized it was like Rick's Cabaret. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. And, and, and I, I just avoided it. So there's a movement going on right now um, under the acronym ESG, Environmental Social Governance. And what that means is basically a company's policy of how they're positioned or what their stance is regarding, you know, social investing for, for themselves, how they're positioning their company, how they're, you know, what kind of uh, position they're in regarding the environment, et cetera. I think at the end of the day, Amy, regardless of your gender, whatever's important to you, I think you should find a way to correlate that with your investment philosophy. So whatever you own, I think it's very important to feel comfortable that what you're owning in your portfolio is correlated with your moral compass, your beliefs, your, you know, et cetera. So that's what I would say in regards to a personalized, you know, investment strategy. As far as, you know, an investment strategy for women, which my thought process, and I could be totally off here, is somebody saying, well, we're going to, you know, look for companies that, you know, are, women, are you know, managed by women, started by women. I, I don't know, but that's kind of my assumption. And, and again, I don't know if there's anecdotal evidence to provide that, uh, the idea that that's a better strategy. Now, if you personally wake up or you currently say, I really want to invest in companies that are, you know, owned by women, managed by women, run by women, catering to women then great. I mean, go for it. I, again, if you have a passion, pursue that. Um, I have a son. This is the last thing I'll leave you with. 
has Fragile X disorder. That's a, a genetic disorder. I haven't yet bought them. They're very attractive to me right now. CRISPR, C-R-S-P. No recommendation at all to uh, buy the stock. Why am I interested? I'm interested because I'm passionate about what they're doing and the potential that that has on our family and my youngest child. So I might invest in that to own it, to get the material, to follow along, etc. Again, correlating. Is that a focal point of my long-term investment strategy? Absolutely not. All right, Amy, that was a great question. Anything else to add in 25 seconds, Daniel? No, I think you did a good job. I didn't even think about it from the ESG standpoint of companies uh, being run and, and uh, so forth by women. I was thinking from the sort of women financial advisor standpoint, so thanks for bringing that up. Well, that's why we're a team. Daniel. We are. We're a team. All right. Uh, what Amy did was really simple. She got on her smartphone and sent us a voice memo. She sent it to podcast at DIYmoney.org, podcast at DIYmoney.org. Since we used that on the show, we will send her a $25 Amazon gift card. Amy, thank you. So that's a very simple process. We ask that you just send us your questions. And again, if we use them for content, that's what you will receive. All right, friends, remember, the secret to wealth is pretty darn simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. I think it's important to know what you own and correlate that with your moral compass, what you're looking for in life, etc. But here's the deal. You got to do it for a very, very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.